All right, uh, condolence call. Um, Dawu and Juan um, went to a house to offer condolences. Juan Juan struck the coffin with his hand and asked, alive or dead? Dawu said, I'm not saying alive, I'm not saying dead. Jianwan asked, why not? Dawu said, I'm not saying, I'm not saying. On the way home, Jianwan said, say something right now, teacher. If you don't, I'm going to hit you. Dawu said, you can hit me, but even if you hit me, I'm not saying. And Jianwan hit him. After um, Dao Wu passed away, Jianwan went to Shishanwan and told him this story. Shishanwan said, I'm not saying alive, I'm not saying dead. Jianwan asked, why not? Shishuan said, I'm not saying, I'm not saying. At these words, um, Jianwan had an insight. One day, Jianwan took a hoe, went into the teaching hall, and crossed from east to west, and back again from west to east. What are you doing? asked Shishuang. Jianwan said, I am searching for the sacred bones of our late teacher. Shishuang said, Waves flood every place, white caps overwhelm the sky. What sacred bones of our teacher are you looking for? Jianwan said, this is just what I need to strengthen me. Who of Tian Wan said, the sacred bones of the late teacher are still here. So, now what, Kim? What do we make of this? What do we make of You know, one, one question. Well, one thing is, uh, it's called a condolence call. Uh, Nandia probably knows it from places she's been to, but, but, but like in Burma, one of the big jobs of the priest would be to do condolence calls, kind of like the priest offering last rites, but this is after the person had died. So this was a very common occurrence. And I don't know if that's related, but but uh, it seems important to me. But what's the big question here? Alive or dead? I think mm -hmm. so. No, no, maybe not. Maybe, maybe, maybe the can, big can you can you definitively answer any question? any dualistic question like that yeah go on christian yeah i was going to say something to that effect i mean does it matter if they're dead or alive well that's another question which is ties to that dualism i mean i mean of course it matters in a sense of just because we care about life but but as far as from a from an outcome standpoint, as far as what they're, 
you know, what, why they're there from an, from a dualistic absolute standpoint. And is a ancestor, we get into ancestors, don't we? And are they alive or dead? The sacred bones, you know, because yeah. they're still, they're still with us. The, yeah. The, the question forces one to uh, uh, throw one side of the equation out. So, There's a dead end in the question. Right. My mother said to me when she was dying, um, I'll always be with you. And I thought, Mom, that's wishful thinking, but you won't. <laughs> and, and she was. She is. You know, she was absolutely right. And I somehow I was so convinced that she was fooling herself. So was she alive or dead? I mean, is she now alive or dead? I don't know. You know, people are fond of saying uh, the person is alive in you, so they're alive. And yeah. also, you know, Thich Nhat Hanh, you know, teaches that, uh, you know, the DNA of my ancestors is lives in me. So, I mean, they're still what is more basic life than that? Sure. So, yeah, I mean, there's the there's the genetic DNA part. And of course, then there's the memory and the, and the story part that uh, that still exists as long as those things are shared generationally or however they are shared. And there's the molecules also, the actual particles. Absolutely. I know this is not the right answer. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing's the right answer. That's, uh, that's, part, I think that's part of the point here, too. <laughs> well, to me, this whole thing just reminds me of uh, Schrodinger's a cat. The, uh, the, the one of, you don't know that somebody puts a cat in a box and you do not know if the cat is alive or dead until you open the box. And because of that, the cat is dead and alive at the same time until you open the box. So I'm and, and suppose it's a cat, I was just reading about this and we, he might even talk about it. I don't remember, I'm just in the last week, but, but suppose that opening the box reverses the state, whatever the state is, open the boxes, reverses it, then is, it alive or dead? It gets more even more complicated. Yeah, I think I think it's I think it's exactly connected, and it's, it's uh, what is it? It's Heisenberg's uncertainty principle, right? So, it the outcome changes, and so any outcome or all outcomes are possible, even if the choice is made. It's still there's still the possibility of the other outcome. The part that I, I don't understand is, if I'm saying the wrong, the, the name wrong, I apologize. Jin Juan said, this is just what I need to strengthen me. 
he's looking for the bones of his teacher to give himself strength. And he hit his teacher when the, the two four because he didn't want to answer. I don't understand this person. <laughs> well, we don't know exactly what this is. It refers to it, do we? I have no idea. It seems, it seems that he's saying, give me the answer. This, I am looking for this particular answer. Um, so I need this particular thing to make me, to satisfy me, to strengthen me. And the Shishuang is telling him, your teacher is everywhere. Your teacher is in the waves, in the white caps, in the sky. What are you looking for? Your teacher is accessible to you, no matter where you look. Yeah, it's interesting because it seems, it's, they say he had an insight, but it seems like he's missing the insight. So I'm not sure, I'm not exactly sure what his insight was. It might One be. might even say, uh, just to, to connect with what Emily was saying about, you know, your teacher is everywhere. One might even say the teacher is the way you look. Mm -hmm. Oh, because he's searching. No, yeah. I mean, more specifically, the way of looking. Hmm. This is like your, your perspective is important. The understanding what perception is. Right, I guess it seems like he's missing the perception though. It, or not, yeah, he got it in a certain situation, but then another situation presented itself. Yeah. yeah, maybe that's it. The context, yeah, the switch context needs adjustment of perception, maybe. So there's a certain violence in inflexibility of thinking, of attempting to really define and capture something that cannot be captured. Where do you see that other than I'll hit you? If Where do you see the violence? It's that, it's the, um, the there's a certain like, um, futility because even after hitting him he didn't get his answer so it's um, I see it not only as like a physical violence it's also kind of a mental violence that one can do to oneself if you're trapped in the groove of something of presuming that you know the answer to something that you might not know the answer to that you haven't stopped to think about in a different way 
there's a futility to searching also, isn't there? No, I don't think so. Oh, oh was, your, was your point, Emily, that the perception is that he's looking for the bones because somehow having his teacher's bones will help him have insight into the not seeing things dualistically just by by physically having some like a representation of his master or his teacher is that what kind of what you were saying i think i was um i see him as looking for a particular solution to feel a sense right. of comfort yeah i'm just one yeah i'm just wondering if him, him wanting the the bone somehow gives him comfort and and somehow gives him makes him feel closer to the insight the insightful non-dualistic perspective of his teacher i don't know maybe that's maybe that's ah. that it's just, <laughs> i'm sorry no good it it just seems to me that if one is uh looking very purposefully for a particular thing then there's a whole world of other things that one doesn't notice at that time because one is very uh, focused. But fo focused on the other, on, on it's like looking out the window, you forget to see the room that you're in. Correct. Correct. I feel that what Emily was saying about the violence, I also see that on the fact that he was saying, I'm going to hit you if you don't give me the answer. And the teacher said, I'm not going to give you the answer even if you, you can hit me if you want to. And to me, that's like, he, he went through with that. That's very violent to say, I'm going to do this. And then he follows through. But then after the teacher is dead, he goes to look for the bones of the teacher. I think that part of the bones of the teacher, you know, wanting those bones, to me, that's very violent. So you take this, you see it very literally, Starlet? The, what, what do you think it means wanting the bones of the teacher? I, because he had a tool to dig I'm assuming he literally wanted to get those bones because to me, Yang Juan seems to be a very literal person. And I think, I might be so wrong. And I think that the reason maybe why the teacher was not given the answer was simply because he wanted Yang Juan to find the answer on his own, to think it through, to do the work, to find that answer. And Yan John seems to be the type of person that doesn't want to do that hard work when there's an easier solution of, you just give me the answer. And I think that he, that's what I think. And I, I, I don't, I don't know. 
Could he be looking for the bones in order to make himself remember that lesson and say, okay, I'm looking at your bones and yes, I, I need to concentrate on finding the answer. I don't know. This is... I don't know, maybe this was to your point, Emily, but um, I think it is to your first point you made about the just the interconnectedness of the waves um, and the DNA and and the whole idea of you know rooting you know for for John Juan connecting the bones to just all things and you know stardust whatever you want to say what we're made of somehow that's he just needs to connect to that to to understand to to, to get in touch with that non-dualistic perspective yeah he thinks he has to do that yeah exactly right yeah, yeah. i don't necessarily think it's clear from the way it's written uh the, the statement following the passage that Kim just highlighted, this is just what I need to strengthen me. It could mean the bonds or it could mean the question is what I need to strengthen me. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's kind of what I was going for there too, is I think, I think the bones are representative of the question that is the teaching that his, you know, that his master basically gave him um, and so whether the bones are like a, literally needs them or just needs the literal or it's the, it's the question itself. Yeah. It, it, yeah. I see what you're saying. So there's these 10 ox herding pictures. <laughs> you, you know about them, Christian, right? You're going to, you're going to put yeah. The ox herding pictures. Yeah, and, you put them up. And, and we could, but it's, it's the person is searching and searching and searching and thinks that if he tames the ox, he'll find enlightenment and and, and all kinds of things. And, and it really ends up where he's just the person who he originally was, was without all the, the pretense and, and the searching. He just lets go of it all, and and I, I see that connected here. That I kind of don't take Starlet's idea that that he's not given the answer because he's a good teacher, but rather he's not giving the answer because there isn't one. Let, let's see what should we, Emily? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Should we go on? Okay. So, if we go alphabetically, I think it's Christian, Cody, me, Kim, Milan, Nandia, Starlet. So, Kim, I think you're next. Pursuing life into death. I feel that my boat has bumped 
there at the bottom into something big and nothing happens nothing quiet waves nothing happens or has everything happened and we are already <coughs> at rest in something new Juan Ramon Demen Juan Ramon Jimenez may I please read this and sure yeah yeah. And you'll say his name, right? Okay. Yeah. He's from Spain. <laughs> he he won a Nobel Prize uh, from Spain. Okay. You're going to read it. I feel that my boat has bumped there at the bottom into something big, and nothing happens. Nothing. Quiet. Waves. Nothing happens, or has everything happened, and we are already at rest in something new. Juan Ramon Jimenez. Thank, Thank you. Thank you. Milan, do you want to read? Okay. There are moments when you might discover with a shock that what you know won't help you in the situation you are facing now. A helicopter pilot told me he called this situation seeing the elephant. And for him, it was a moment when winds, cliffs, aircraft, and ocean made a situation that nothing in his training taught him how to get through. Even so, without a plan, he saved his aircraft and himself. Perhaps you have been stuck in some way or just making time or doing everything perfectly well, and then even have asked you to change something fundamental, perhaps whole approach to life. Any occasion may provide the shock that being begins, sorry, such a journey. Brushing up against death, the prospect of which is well known to concentrate the mind can often be that occasion. The point that in an impasse, life becomes more real and more interesting, so much so that it is better to have some impossible problems in your life than not to. In an impasse, a risk is required. You have to give yourself completely to a new situation. Though, is it though? You have no warranties that you, your effort will turn out well. Here is the con of such a shock and the yearning that followed. The koan, a condolence call. The student's name was Jinwang, and his old teacher was Dawu. In those days, people came to study Zen for many reasons. Some came 
because they were hungry. Some because they didn't know what to do with their lives, the way others would join the army. Jinwan came because he felt upside down and in pain. When someone congratulated him, he felt embarrassed. When he saw a lake full of clouds, its beauty didn't calm him. He became restless and wanted to talk. Everything he saw seemed at a distance. His mind was full of thoughts and feelings that put a curtain over the landscape. He wanted to break through that curtain, but didn't know how. That's why he took the chance of studying with Dao. At the temple, they meditated, worked in the garden, together studied. Life flowed alone, and most of the time, nothing seemed to be happening. Occasionally, Jian Huan would be visited by a vivid dream that stayed with him through the day. One such day in the gardens, he felt that he was walking inside the body of Guan Jin, the, de the deity of compassion. He saw a relief and a little club of moss as a hand of kindness. For at night, after meditating, he had a feeling of wholeness that he couldn't describe. And Dao Wu would just laugh when he made an attempt to do so. These moments were beautiful, but disappeared as quickly as they came. And more than anything, Juan um, wanted understanding, a clear understanding that would open life to him. As the years passed, this unfulfilled desire became scarcely bearable. He began to take every opportunity he could to get away from the temple with his teacher. Quite often they walked to, nearby, to a nearby village to officiate at a funeral. The ritual for those occasions were well established. Dao Wu would offer incense, lead a chant, say a few words, and leave with his unobtrus unobtrusive attendant. The bereaved family seemed to find this genuinely consoling. On the day we are concerned with, everything appeared normal. Um, Juan no noted the curved tiles on the eaves of the house as they entered. He took in the softly weeping wife of the man in the coffin, the son who was greeting the visitors, a couple of bright-eyed girls, the murmuring of friends and neighbors, their feelings of helplessness and goodwill. Jean Wan became convinced that life would go on for this family and that their sorrow would pass. But he was no longer certain that his own life would go on. <clears throat> As usual, he walked toward the coffin to pay his respects, but his footsteps were heavy and slow. And when he saw the dead man, his years of uncertainty became a weight in his chest. 
he began to feel unreal, to dread that he was not himself actually alive and that he would drift along in a kind of half-life until he just winked out of existence. He was no longer able to play the part he was supposed to play. Can I ask a question that's probably a stupid question? Um, so this, uh, this like further uh, explanation of sort of the, the, the events that led up to the koan Is this just like, um, maybe this doesn't matter, but anyway, is this just like some made up thing or, or is this saying like this, this incident of the koan actually occurred or is this just sort of, um, a drawing that someone's making. Like, what is this big explication here? I mean, my impression, and I could be completely wrong too, was that it's artistic interpretation for the purposes of getting deeper at, to the, at some potential meaning. But I could be wrong, because I just picked this book up two weeks ago. <laughs> I don't think there's historical fact about this, but I think it's a pretty good conjecture that you know people who are searching really hard for something, uh, they want to find answers. I think this is part of all of us. But and would so everybody who's working, at different teachers working with this Cohen, would they all have the same backstory? Yeah, I think that's the question you're at. Um, India is asking is, is, is there some historical component here that's, that is being even artistically some liberty or taken even, with? Yeah, yeah, that or even like how you know that the suttas used to be uh, told, handed, they were originally not written. And so they were just like, uh, it was like an oral tradition. And so right. they're is it is it like that? It, I just just trying to understand the, the source material. <laughs> yeah, I think he's telling a story. To I don't I I I think he's making it up, and but I hate to say that because because you know I kind of believe in channeling. That that yeah. it's not making it up out of nothing, but. This is the way. It, it, this is the story that he's he's getting from the koan. Okay, thank you. So thank it's real. You. Thank I, everybody for yeah. their their view. I appreciate it. Yeah. Does anyone think any different than that? I'm just curious because I, I I mean I yeah I was just wondering if I think that it could be a parable, which is to say a story that is made of wisdom. or to impart 
wisdom. So it doesn't, the fact that it may come from something real or not, the truth, the wisdom in the story is real. Now, I don't think something needs to happen to make it real. It, it's a feeling for me. Like I think all my drawings are real. Uh, even though they might not be something that I saw when I, you know, on September 15th or something like that. Okay, am I reading? No. You're reading? Okay. <laughs> um, he raised his hand and smashed it down on the coffin. Bang. He turned to Dawu, and though he had not planned what he would say, a question burst out. Alive or dead? In the small room, his voice was loud, but Dawu didn't show the least surprise and answered without hesitation. I'm not saying alive. I'm not saying dead. Taking their cue from Dawu, the shocked mourners breathed out and returned to normalcy, tea and conversation. The young daughters were a little bit thrilled. They had heard of the strange behavior of people who were seeking enlightenment, and now they saw it. But Jin Wan couldn't compose himself. His sense of the normal had shifted. He no longer knew whether his question applied to the corpse or himself or both, but it was the main thing in his mind, the most important thing of all, and he demanded to know why Dawu wouldn't help him. Why not? I'm not saying, I'm not saying. Dawu was insistent. And John Juan managed to rejoin him in the ritual. But some questions, once asked, cannot be unasked. On their silent walk home, the new moon in the rice fields, the silhouette of the chestnut were invisible to John, John Juan. He was helpless against his own doubt and the question it had raised. He couldn't stop asking himself, alive or dead? As they approached the temple, Jian Wan grew more desperate. He began to feel that a possibility was slipping away and must be grasped. He became convinced that something was being hidden from him and he planted himself in front of Dao Wu. Say something right now, teacher. If you don't, I'm going to hit you. I'm starting to just hear his name as Don Juan from the Castaneda. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's apropos. Jin Juan was at the end of, the, of his tether. He showed him, shocked himself with this threat. Dao wasn't shocked, thought Do.
finish. Uh, is it four years? Where are we? You. Ah, uh, sorry. Uh, you can hit me. Oop. Where'd it go? You can hit me, but even if you do, I'm not saying. Don Juan hit him. Dawu picked himself up and walked on home. If anyone had been around, they would have seen an old man in an embroidered abbot's robes bleeding slightly from a cut over his eyes, humming to himself and weaving ever so slightly as if he were very tired or happy. Don Juan never returned to the temple. He didn't collect his books or his few belongings. There where he last saw Dawu, he risked everything, turned on his heel and departed. Starlight? Oh, sorry, I was muted. <laughs> For years, Jian Wan, Jian Juan question had a continuing life and gradually became so familiar to him that even when he was not consciously aware of it, it was present in a hidden way, like a seed or an underground river. The years of summer grass whisper, alive or dead, and the horse bending. Its neck to grace said, I won't say, I won't say. Time passed and the question remained. Frost was followed by plum blossoms. New people were born and died. And he carried his question. After a few years, it might have been more true to say that his question carried him. Then Dao Wu fell ill. His pain was visible and his students came to fuss over him. He said, there is something which isn't repaid. Do you see that? Everyone wept and then he died. When Juan Wan heard this story, he wept too. All sort of thoughts appeared. The old man could have meant that his students hadn't repaid him or that he, Dao Wu, had received something from the students and not repaid it. Juan Wan's mind started to spin just as if Dao Wu were with him again. He realized that he didn't have a clue what Dao Wu meant. He remembered that one repayment that Wu had wanted, had wanted was for his students to understand, to awaken. Then Juan Wan did something he'd been thinking of doing for some time. He went to visit a teacher named Shishuan. Shishuan had also studied with Dawu and had his own story of wandering. <clears throat> At one time, he stayed with the, excuse me, potters who lived at the edge of town, outside of the governor's protection and constraints. 
Everyone looked down on the potters, but Shishuang liked them. Perhaps he felt free there, where he could stretch out and breathe without anyone virtuous or important around. But Shishuang, like Dawu, didn't explain himself. He, later, he became a teacher, and his students meditated so much and sat so still that they were called the Dead Tree Gang. Eventually, Jinwang met with Shishuang. They sat together in the garden. His new teacher looked into his face with such directness that he immediately felt inclined to be happy. He told Shishuang the whole story, starting with banging on the coffin. Before the tale was finished, Shishuang jumped into it himself and said, I'm not saying alive, I'm not saying dead. Jianjuan's doubt filled his chest again, and he found it hard to breathe. Something was churning in him. Why not, he mumbled. I'm not saying, I'm not saying, said Shishuang. At these familiar words, Jian Wan's thoughts stopped and his world stopped with them. Externally, nothing changed. A light breeze shook the new leaves. The line of the hills was near on the spring day and he noticed a garden mattock that needed to be put away. I don't know what that is. Does anyone know? An agricultural tool shaped like a pickaxe with an, an adze and a chisel edge at the end of the head. Huh. I think I've seen one of those. <laughs> he hadn't gained any knowledge that he didn't have before, but his mind was inexpressibly buoyant and clear as if he had stepped inside Dawu's mind. He was sure that he was meeting Dawu more deeply than he ever had in his life. He saw Dawu's good-natured sense of humor. He had asked, alive or dead? And now he saw the kindness of Dawu's reply as though inviting John Wan to join him in freedom. I won't say, I won't say. Today, he said to himself, I have finally understood Dawu. Then he began to laugh at his own pomposity. He laughed at himself. He laughed at Shishuang. He laughed at the door and the floor. He tried the thought the other way around. Today, with my happiness, I have misunderstood Dawu completely. And he laughed even harder. Shishuang walked outside with him pointing out common objects, a bucket, the kitchen door. Zhang Wan found everything amusing. Shishang found Zhiwan amusing, or at any rate, seemed to be enjoying himself too. Walking together in this way, the two men passed out of sight behind the great wall.
in time, Jian Yuan found that awakening wasn't only a piercing moment, but something that seeped slowly through his life. Once he was sitting at evening after coming back from the gardens under a newish moon, the crickets were getting a rhythm going. Swallows were doing their last hunting. Dark came slowly so that he could still see the outline of the hills, like an after image from the day. He leaned on his hole and remembered when he had traveled together with Dawood. He saw the lines on the old man's face, and the way he walked with a slight fall. Dawood's mind was so strongly present that, as if no time had passed, he was moved to continue the conversation that had begun all those years ago when he had banged on, that, on the coffin. Juan Juan slung his hoe over his shoulder and went into the teaching hall where he crossed from east to west and back again from west to east. People were coming in for an evening lecture and they stopped in their tracks. Uh, what are you doing? asked Shishuan. His impulse was to help with whatever the project was. I'm searching for the sacred bones of our dead master, said Jianwan. Bringing his hoe to the teaching hall seemed a natural way to show what he had discovered. Those standing there laughed and without, and without being able to say why, felt themselves included in a delicious secret. She just wants to, so, Waves, so waves flood every place there is. White caps are higher than the sky. What sacred bones of our master are you looking for? For Jin Wan, his teacher was enlarging what he had expressed. It's not only in the meditation hall, it's everywhere, he thought. The sacred bones fill the universe. Jin Wan had been looking at the hole and had found it to be beautiful. The one thing that filled eternity. If he had thought about it, he would, he would have acknowledged that it could have been anything, but for him at that moment, it was a hole. Shinshuan said, raise your eyes. And when Jinwan did, everything he looked at shone. These fresh eyes, he thought, were what had been handed down from Daewoo. A tired young man walked slowly past the hall and was also beautiful, exactly as he was. The wall and the kitchen roof pierced his heart with their plainness. Thank you, said Jin Wan. This is just what I need to give me strength. The journey was becoming simpler. He felt that he was out walking with Shishuang in the cool of the evening and that they had just come up with Dawu and resumed an old conversation where they had left off. 
A teacher called Fu of Taiyuan heard about Xianwan striding into the hall with a hoe. He too jumped into the story and said, the sacred bones of the old master are still here. In this way, the story was remembered and passed around among the fellowship of those who asked questions about what matters. For the rest of his life, Xianwan kept walking with such companions, though to an observer, it might have seemed that he was often alone. Working with the koan. In this koan, the teacher helps the student by refusing to give the kind of help he is being asked for. This refusal is an example of what psychologists call holding a container for change. And the teacher got clobbered for it, which you will probably think is only fair if anyone has ever helped you in such a manner. The teacher's not saying though, turns out to be a tool for the student to get through the impasse, surprising everyone. The ancient way of working with the koan is to carry the question with you wherever you go. So your life goes getting up, alive or dead, drinking coffee, alive or dead, driving to work, alive or dead, watching a movie, alive or dead. You can also carry the teacher's response. I'm not saying, I'm not saying. Discovering what you lose when you do say and the invitation in, I won't say, I won't say. Working in this way loosens the knots in the mind and it also introduces a space so that you can start moving between anxieties and distractions and not struggle with them so much. Just stay in with the questions, life grows, calmer and more, more interesting. If this koan has chosen you or called to you, it naturally belongs with certain other questions, deep questions, which then become yours. What happens to me when I die? What happens to me when those I love die? When someone has died, are they alive in my mind or dead? In what way are they still alive and in what way not? And of those people who are still alive, are they really alive in my mind or are they dead? After the death of my mother, I noticed that I didn't have a, a rapport of the off-the-shelf feelings. Sometimes I was sad, but mostly I was happy in a way unconnected to her going. Sometimes I was forgetful. When I poured her ashes off an old cast iron bridge into the river she had lived on all her life, it seemed an intimate and friendly act and I felt close to her in ways I sometimes had not in life. She was still alive in me and I had confidence that we would both in our separate times and ways find the sea.
without off-the-shelf feelings or off-the-shelf thoughts, we're not so sure of what is alive or what is dead. A bachelor friend married a woman with children and told me I had killed off the possibility of deep interaction with children. I had closed off that possibility without understanding what children could bring. I had a narrow sense of what my path was, but that's exactly what you learn. That if you approach small children without an agenda, if you can match the openness of their minds, you too are open. My wife's little boy just comes to see me and doesn't know why. Doesn't have the slightest idea of what should or shouldn't happen. If I avoid structuring things in my usual way, I meet him in the same way he meets me. Then his older brother got in the restaurant, in the Beatles, and wanted to learn guitar. So I resurrected something from years ago when I played guitar for a while. I had put it away, assumed it was dead, and perhaps he'll continue with guitar or not, but I think I will anyway. And what do you presume to be alive that might be dead? Work, even good work, can become soulless. Some friendships grow rote, and sometimes wondrously, you might find that an old wound, a sorrow you have carried very carefully, like a glass filled to the top with water, has no longer any life or interest in it, and does not require you to keep a watchful balance anymore. Then there is a family of questions about not saying. Why is it sometimes better not to say? Is there a kind of saying that makes the world retreat from us? It is possible to start talking too soon at the end of a disturbing movie, to reassemble the world by analyzing the movie, or by talking about something else. A professor showed a classic movie to his class every week and left time for discussion afterward. One week's film left the students in silence. When the lights came up and the discussion period began, half the class got up and left the room. The movie was still alive inside them and they wanted to keep it that way. I really like that paragraph and talking about um, allowing sort of the reverberation of a thing to, to live in you, just like being with art, you know, or the need to, to reassemble the world I, I just, I think that's a really, that feels really important to me anyway. You know, today I, I, in Zazen, I sat next to someone and it was like that too, you know, and we, we uh, never said a word to each other, though we know each other well. Hmm. Yeah. 
In ancient times, there were mysteries celebrated in Eleusis. Eleusis, how do you say that? Eleusis? The initiates were forbidden to speak of what they underwent. And though the tradition lasted for more than a thousand years, we still do not know what happened there. Perhaps the secret was kept because of the procedures of the initiation weren't in themselves so mysterious and the effects on the initiates couldn't be understood from a description of the outer events. One of the strangest ceremonies I have ever participated in occurred when a group of men in retreat drug a hole, dug a hole in the ground and took turns going to whisper into the earth every sorrow or shame that burdened them. It was a way of saying and of not saying at the same time. It seemed to help. The action gave me a sense of the welcoming quality of the earth and the common fate of humanity as other men in the darkness nearby whispered their own griefs. Keeping silent may not mean that nothing is being acknowledged. It may mean that something is valuable but can't be illuminated by light and understanding and needs darkness to come to resolution. In folktales, keeping silent may break a spell or allow time to pass so that growth can occur. Tiawu um, encourages the work in the night to go, to go on by bringing Juanwan's impasse into awareness without resolving it. He says, I'm not saying, I'm not saying. And in his kindness, he takes a difficult question and makes it worse. Perhaps it is when you meet a real impasse that the true purpose of your life begins to unfold and your true journey begins. John Juan's virtue was that he didn't refuse the journey. This Cohen has always encouraged me to trust the difficulties I run up against and the slowness with which I work with them. It is as if an impasse has its own journey built into it, a journey that belongs only to that impasse and which is a unique path to freedom. Each step in the dark turns out in the end to have been on course after all. I, I sort of take issue with the, perhaps it is when you meet a real impasse that the true purpose of your life begins to unfold and your true journey begins. I get it, but Mary, finish your sentence, would you? I get I, it. I, but... I don't know. I don't know how to say what I want to say. I think I, I'm just uh, arguing with myself about my own recent life experience 
and trying to find a way to like articulate it and draw it into this paragraph, I feel pissy about it. When you're in the middle of these experiences, like you're talking about, I don't think you can, at least I can't see that. It's, it's more in retrospect that you see it, don't you think? I, I, I really hate the, you know, oh, you know, this is really a character building experience. And yeah, this is the, where you will see or not see the fruits of your years and years of practice. And I, I don't know, I just- it's, it's not very compassionate for someone going through something, is it? No, it's not. So that's not helpful. And then in retrospect. So every morning tonight, Emily, would it be all right if I shared the Bodhisattva vow that we read every morning? Because it it has a line similar to this. Or will I get fired? <laughs> no, I, I did want to say sure in response that um I think it's a very, it's a perfectly valid feeling that, um, that, that has, that has a degree of um, dismissiveness to suffering. Um, and that just as there is one side of the picture, the other side is John Tarrant attempting to reach out to someone who is suffering and suggesting to them, maybe your suffering isn't for naught. Maybe it's just the beginning to something really quite extraordinary. So. It, there's a term spiritual bypassing and it can be spiritual bypassing, kind of like a trick you're using so you don't feel things. I'm having a very strong deja vu. Did we have this conversation before or is it just my mind? Um, very possibly, very possibly we had it before. Yeah, I think, I think, part, I think part of the challenge that I think you're wrestling with that I think we all get because we're human is that emotions are emotions and we're human beings. So we're going to feel emotions and specifically with, you know, very hurtful kinds of situations. And we can say things like whatever arises, seizes, and, and you know, the spiritual platitudes. Um, and it's, that can be really, you know, they can be really helpful, um, but at the same time, it can be super challenging when you're overwhelmed, especially emotionally for the spiritual dimension to, to help a lot. And, and I think that that's, that can just be challenging, at least for me personally, too. Nandaya, um, did you identify with Young Jung? I mean, not after he has gotten his enlightenment, but before when he was frustrated that he needed an answer to stop his suffering 
and he was not given that answer. Um, it was really just that that bit at the end about uh, sort of this uh, ennobling trauma, which I just want to smack. <laughs> that seems perfectly reasonable. Uh, ennobling trauma. That's yeah. That's that's like the the shadow of the four noble truths. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> Kim, what were you going to read? Uh, just a second. I have to stop this. Okay. Um, yes, I will read it. So this is a chant for the practice spirit, a chant we're saying we read every morning uh, called Bodhisattva's Vow, and there's a, a particular line in it. Um, here we go. Well, it's not that long. We should read it. When I, a student of the way, look at the real form of the universe, all is the never failing manifestation of the mysterious truth of the awakened life. In any event, in any moment, and in any place, none can be other than the marvelous revelation of its glorious light. This realization made our ancestors and teachers extend tender care with respectful hearts, even to such beings as birds and beasts. This realization teaches us that our daily food, drink, clothes, and protections of life are the warm flesh and blood, the merciful incarnation of the awakened one. Who can be ungrateful or not respectful, even to senseless things, not to speak of humans? Even though they may be fools, this is the part, be warm and compassionate toward them. If by any chance they should turn against us, become sworn en enemies and persecute us, we should sincerely bow down with humble language in the reverent understanding <coughs> that they are the merciful messengers of the awakened one who use devices to emancipate us from blind tendencies produced and accumulated upon ourselves by our own egotistic delusion and attachment through countless cycles of space and time. Then on each moment's flash of our thought, there will grow a lotus flower and on each lotus flower will be revealed perfection. Unceasingly manifest as our life, just as it is right here and right now. May we extend this mind of all beings so that we in the world together may attain maturity in the wisdom of the awakened way. Beautiful. Thank you. Thank you for sharing.
in um i've been discussing uh, the story of job someone a friend hates job hates that story in the bible and i love it and and one of the uh things i just remember today that our rabbi taught us was that the devil in judaism is an assistant to god as opposed to opposing so in terms of testing job in terms of of uh, test, not testing Job and testing our own faith, the devil performs that function. You know, but then I'm completely with Nandia that that there's there's times where someone says that to you, oh wow, you're gonna really gain from this experience, you know, and you've just lost everything. That uh, you don't feel like they're your best friend anymore, do you? No, because compassion is not in part of that statement. To say it doesn't matter what's happening to you in this present time because of what you're going to gain in the, may gain in the future, that is not compassionate. And it also feels like Truisms, well, true, uh, can also be just strikingly shallow, depending on the heart that they come from. I do have to come clean that I have that I am living through that, that I have lived through that. Um, when I got sick with this illness, it tore my life apart and it almost destroyed me. The thing is that now I have to say thank you to it. I have gained a lot from what happened to me that I never saw it coming. And <laughs> so there is truth to that. There is truth to it. And when you're in it and you're, why is this happening to me? Why? What can I do to change it? I, it makes no sense. There is a sense to it. It just takes a very long time to get to it. And you have to keep your eyes open and not give up. But I will also say that I remember when I used to, to teach and there would be something that a kid, it was really, really hard for him to get it. And I would just stay with him or her on that specific question, but I will not give the answer. I was forcing that kid to think it through, to work it through. And once they understood it, you could see the light of understanding in their eyes. And it's the most beautiful experience to see somebody understand something 
that they couldn't before to come to that realization. So I really identify with this koan. Emily, what do you think? What do I think about? Are we done for the evening? Ah, are we done? Does anyone else have any? Cody, you've been very quiet. I don't know. Oh, there is Cody. I'm here. I'm here. What a dick word. I read. (laughs) Alive or dead, Cody? I'm tired. You say alive or dead? Yeah. Uh, a little bit of both, I guess. <clears throat> when the bell rang this morning at after at the second period of Zazen, I jumped. And I just read about someone or heard about someone who didn't jump. I mean, that means that you're, uh, you know, drifting far away. Is that a good or a bad thing? I don't. I thought it of as a bad thing that I was. Well, I I didn't sleep very well last night, and I think I was maybe partially asleep or something. I don't know. But usually that doesn't happen. It was like <laughs> so. I was kind. Of, I think I was kind of dead there. Or relaxed. Well, thank you. Really look forward to this thing we do. And I'm thinking too, we were we were talking about doing the Book of Serenity, which is a, a giant book of koans, but there's there's a wonderful book of the ancient ancestors enlightenment stories. Hmm. And that might be fun. Yeah. I, I've, been, I've been through that a, a few times. Um, about 10 years ago, somehow. Is that um, the Enlightenment stories, um, as in like one of the books in the Buddhist collection, is it the, is it the, the monks' Enlightenment stories? Yeah, yeah, the, the ancestors. The, but the first... uh, I, I'm drawing attention to your word ancestor because there are collections that are monks awakening stories and their collections that are the awakening poems of the nuns oh no no but we we've spent a couple of years reading those in uh, women and zen we love those that so and in fact ellen on um saturday is going to be talking about those and people are then going to write their own but but the 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 terragatha stories uh, poems and then they're going to write their own so it's it's mm. the last of her th- classes she did three classes and it will be the subject for the class on saturday and everyone is now awakened and they're going to write their own awakening <laughs> poem. right right wow, i should have taken that class damn 
Well, everyone, will drift, if, everyone will drift off at that point. You can <laughs> still you can still do the one on Saturday. Not too so late. So it's like an instant enlightenment thing. Instant yeah. time going to get you. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Alive or dead will finally be answered for you. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be fun how how this sits with us, alive or dead. Thank you for. I appreciate everyone here. Thank you. Thank you. Thank Thanks, you. Thanks, everyone. Good night. Appreciate you. Have, uh, have a great night, everybody.